Welcome to the Get Healthy Tampa Bay podcast, bringing all things health and wellness to the Tampa Bay community. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Reller, board certified family and obesity medicine physician. Please remember, while I am a doctor, I may not be your doctor. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and not medical advice. Please seek out your physician for your specific needs. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Healthy Tampa Bay podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Ruller. And today we have Ashley Abramson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you too. Like I mentioned earlier, you are my first non-physician. So I'm super excited to hear more about what you do in the health and wellness space, especially in our area. So why don't you give us a little introduction about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So my name is Ashley Abramson. I'm an inner child expert, self-love mentor, and social worker gone rogue. My clients like to call me the ego whisperer. I work with the woman that can't stand the thought of another talk therapy session. I create a space for their egos to feel safe and get to the root cause of why they feel stuck in life. My method that I created is called the unicorn effect method. And that essentially works to peel back the layers of societal conditioning, programming, and the trauma so that you can experience a whole new level of self-love. And no, when I say self-love, I don't mean wine Wednesdays and bubble baths. I teach my clients how to really connect with themselves in the purest form where true, authentic self-love is born to just really figure out who they are and live that life of happiness and peace. So how did you even get into this? Like what drives you? Tell me more about that. Yeah. So I'll try to make a very long story short because I'm 39. (laughs) So it's like a 39 year story, right? As a child, I had lots of energy and just the zest and love for life. Very childlike consistently. And my father was super similar to who I was, but you know, he was an adult. So people really saw him as, oh, he's childlike. That's not cool. You know, he's mentally ill, all these things. And as I grew up, um, society, the things I was hearing about my father caused me to lock more and more of myself up. And then my father ended up committing suicide. And that was really the time that I was like, all right, we've got to be what society says we need to be, which is, you know, responsible. Life is tough about taking the trash out, complaining about having to go into work, you know, all the stuff we're really taught. And that's what I did. And I built a life based on what society said success looked like. I had the house, I had the car, I had the career, I had the family. I was a child protection social worker. And then boom, at 32 years old, I was getting a divorce. All the things that I had put in my life that represented success were gone in a matter of like minutes. Self-destructed very, very quickly. I was doing things that I never thought I would do in my life and essentially was killing myself without killing myself. My behaviors, if they would have continued, I eventually would have been killed or died one or the other. And one point I was faced with either you do something or know that you're actively killing yourself. And, um, being a child protection worker, I had been trained by leading experts around the world on trauma and inner child work. And this is before they became buzzwords. I would call them buzzwords today. A lot of people say, hey, I'm trauma trained. I know inner child work. When in reality, it's a lot different than a lot of people think. 
So I had been working with everybody else's inner child and healing their trauma. And I had forgot about my own. I locked her up Mm -hmm. so long ago. And that was really my journey back home. And through that, I did a lot of different mindset work Mm -hmm. and I was getting to a really good place, but there was still a lot of stuff I hadn't forgiven and healed yet. So about a year and a half ago, well, let's go back here. So Once I started to get better, I was like, I never want another woman to not have the opportunity to feel this immense self-love that exists within. So then I was like, well, let's create something. And I started coaching and my business blew up really, really quickly. And I was faced with the choice of either I leave the coaching business and focus on child protection or vice versa, because neither of them Mm -hmm. were getting the attention they needed. So I went all in. I left my job and really um, went all in on my business. And probably six months after that, everything fell apart again. And that's when I realized that a lot of the work I had done was great, but there was stuff I was purposely avoiding. And I was filling that void with mindset work. So being really, really strict in my routine and meditation and cold showers, the things that kept me in line as long as life was going relatively well. But when it fell apart, I realized there was areas I still needed to heal. And that's when I went even deeper and truly found this place of unconditional self-love that exists within. And the way I got there was through a lot, a lot of forgiveness. So, yeah, I was going to ask how going through all of these experiences and things that you went through earlier in your life and even more recently, how did you get through that? Yeah. So I have been absolutely blessed with an absolutely amazing mentor. She's the most wonderful human being ever. She has always provided me with a space that Mm -hmm. has been free of judgment. She has always held out hope for me when I didn't have hope for myself. And no matter what my actions were or reactions or thoughts, she always met me with love. So I could have never done it without her. And along the way, I've hired some other mentors, but she's really been my um, solid person to go to. And I know I couldn't have done this without someone outside the jar, right? You can't Mm -hmm. read the label from inside the jar. But besides her, like she didn't do the work. She just provided me a space to really unpack everything that I needed to find forgiveness with and to help reflect back to me what what she was hearing, what I couldn't hear myself, which was my highest self. But a lot of work. I had to go into the darkest, deepest places of myself that I had forgot about, that I never thought I could forgive and really find love and understanding and forgiveness for them. That's truly what has gotten me here today and continues to get me there every day. This is a lifelong journey. This is not a journey that um, is over if you don't want it to be. Like today I could be like, okay, you know, I feel good where I'm at. I'm done, but I'm a person that goes all in. Like I've already committed to my transformation and continuously living in a state of love. And the only way to do that is to continuously, when stuff is brought up, that's holding me back from that face it, understand it, forgive it and move forward. So would you say that she was a coach and it was like the coach being coach kind of relationship or is it different? For sure. It started out as a performance improvement plan at work and I was forced to meet with her, right? 
It was called reflective supervision. It's used with nurses. So you might've heard of it. It's big in the medical industry and it's about seeing that worker as Mm -hmm. the true human they are understanding they have a life outside of work that definitely impacts their work and how can we help them through that so that they become a better worker so when she did that it was up and coming in the social services industry they're kind of testing it doing some research does this work with social workers because Mm -hmm. of all the secondary trauma and impact that occurs So I was originally forced to work with her. I did not know that performance reviews actually help. Yeah. (laughs) Usually it's just that requirement, but that's so wonderful that you met her in that way. And she saw me, even though I was like sucking at work, she saw something in me I couldn't see in myself. And she just really met me human to human. And that's what needed to happen and became a, a soul connection and She's a wonderful friend, sister, and and still mentor to me. Do you think that your experience as a social worker in trauma helped you kind of heal your own trauma? Oh, for sure. I think it helped me to see patterns. You know, Mm -hmm. I was really good at helping um, people find their own answers within through patterns and understanding of things in the past. So When I was doing my own unpacking and Jess, that's the mentor, would reflect back to me, I was better able to correlate it and to understand why she was reflecting that back. And I had a lot of like aha moments like, oh, yeah, and I could correlate to past clients. So I definitely think that helped. And working with my clients today, my child protection background and being a social worker is a huge foundation for that. It it taught me amazing skills, you know, safety planning and scaling questions and the ability to ask why seven times deep, you know, and really I was blessed with being a part of a child protection, um, in Minnesota and they were leaders Mm-hmm. in the family knows best movement, you know, the real family focus. So it wasn't about us going in and telling the families, this is what you do. This is what you don't right. do. It was about going in and knowing the family contained the answers. How do you direct them to their own answers? And that's literally what I do with my clients. I don't tell you what to do. I actually don't really know exactly what you need to do, but I know what questions to ask you. I have done my own work and can hear my highest self. So when you're talking to me, I can hear what you're really saying behind that. And I'm able to reflect that back so that you can come to your own answers within. So who's an ideal client for you? What kind of person would want to come get help from you? So that's a a good question. I get all different walks of life. And what I really find is someone who has tried a lot of different things, right? Has tried therapy, has maybe tried meditation or other mindset work, and they just keep running into the same issues over and over again. Patterns keep repeating themselves and they know there is a better way out there. And they know that they contain so much love within them that it deserves to be felt and to be shared, but there's all this stuff getting in the way of doing it and they're ready to do the work. That is a huge thing Mm -hmm. is I think with my industry, it's two different sides. It's either you go to therapy and potentially are just like a lifelong therapy person. I think I went to close to 15 years of therapy in my life and 
don't get me wrong. Therapy is very beneficial and has a place, but Mm -hmm. we've kind of become a society where we've become reliant on it. I go see my therapist every week. Oh, I've had the same therapist for the last 15 years. And to me, in reality, that's doing a disservice. We don't want to make people dependent on us. We want to give people their own tools so that they can do it on their own. So that's really what I pride myself in. So someone really has to be ready to do the work and committed because by no means am I handing you a diet pill. By no means am I handing you the blueprint to all of your answers. You're going to have to do a lot of freaking work. I think that goes not just within your industry, like you were saying, but in many industries, like patient has to be ready to do the work, Mm -hmm. to get better, to cure their diabetes, to get their blood pressure better, their weight and everything. So same thing for my industry as well. So I totally agree with that. You mentioned like self-care, self-love. How is what you do different than those kind of things. Like you said, bubble baths and things like that. And I totally get that. That's good and helpful, but not exactly what you mean by self-care. So what do you mean by that? So I think society has come... If I were to go ask a friend, hey, did you practice self-care the last week? And I actually recently did it in a group that you and I are both a part of. Do you regularly practice self-care and what does that look like? And most responses I received were along that same line, right? Going for a walk on the beach, (laughs) taking a bubble bath, reading a book I really like. And I'm, again, not saying that those are not good, but those are pampering yourself. So what I see those as are small dopamine hits that give you instant gratification in the moment, but they do not impact your state of being long-term. I actually totally agree with you. I was going to use the word pampering as well. Yeah. Yeah. I literally just submitted an article about that. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, so what do you do with your clients? What do you encourage them to do? So self-care or Mm self-love and self-care is really getting to know yourself and doing the work, changing your narratives. That's what I mean by doing the work is bringing awareness here. A quick question. Do you wear your shoes in the house? No, I try not to. Okay. So why don't you wear your shoes in the house, Carrie? I don't want to bring the dirt or whatever else all over the house. Okay. When did you decide that you weren't going to wear shoes in your house? I don't know. Has it always been that way? I don't think so. I don't think I grew up that way. Okay. Perhaps when I had my own place. Yeah. So you have made a narrative that you live by that you Mm -hmm. have no clue why you're doing that or when you made that decision. No, I don't know when I made the decision. I think it just keeps the house cleaner, basically. But do you see, so you're you're kind of a middle ground. Most people would be like, yes or no. You're kind of mm-hmm. like, well, I try not to. And a lot of times what happens is they'll say like, no, I don't wear my shoes in the house. Well, why don't you wear your shoes in the house? It's just how it's always been. I didn't wear the shoes in my parents' house. So that's something small that doesn't really necessarily impact our life. But tons of things that you do all day, every day, you are just doing because it was something you learned. Right. So another example, I've always had silver cars pretty much my entire life. And after my divorce, I went to buy a new car and I kept thinking like, I'm not going to get a white car. And I didn't know why, just whatever. And I get on the phone with my mom and I tell her, I'm going to buy a new car. And she's like, you better not buy a white car. I absolutely hate white cars. And then I realized... 
oh my gosh, do I not like white cars? Or was that just something I heard from her? So you bet yourself, I bought a white car and I <laughs> love my white car, but it was me operating under someone else's narrative that didn't truly align with me. So self-care and self-love is uncovering all of the narratives you're living by that are operating you and impacting you and causing unworthy narratives, causing different obstacles in your life that don't need to exist so that you can live in peace and happiness all of the time. And that also includes forgiveness. I mean, that is essentially how you untie the narratives and unworthiness pieces is through the active forgiveness. So yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> I don't even remember my question. <laughs> Thank you. I was laughing because I think our family always tends to buy black cars and, you know, I diverge and buy silver and dark silver or something, but it's pretty funny. It's basically all the things that you learned and you kind of take for granted. You don't question at all just because you think that's how you want something, but perhaps you never really gave it another thought and you just go along with it. It's really interesting. Okay. So you mentioned something about the unicorn effect. Why don't you, I don't know if you've touched on it yet, but why don't you tell us what is that? Yeah. So the unicorn effect came to me. I had a spiritual mentor I hired and I spent an entire day just fully in my most authentic self. It was a safe space. I felt alive and like I could just fully be me. And, and afterwards he's like, how do you feel? And I was like, I feel like a magical freaking unicorn. (laughs) And growing up, like I was a tomboy. I didn't have unicorns and rainbows or any of that. So unicorns are not something that have been a part of my life. And it's because we're taught that a unicorn is a magical, mystical creature that we can only dream of and we can never see. And as we grow up, society and the constructs and the people around us teach us that we are not meant to be seen as our most authentic selves. We are meant to be what society says we are meant to be and the people around us. And I'm here to say, F that you're meant to be your most magical unicorn self and stand in your authenticity and honor who you are. And then the actual effect piece is Imagine this world is like a gem or a multifaceted gem, right? If you move that gem just a tiny little bit, you see a whole different picture, right? Mm -hmm. So like the butterfly effect, a butterfly can flap its wings halfway around the country and cause a tsunami supposedly because it has shifted that gem a tiny bit. So it's impacting everything. Well, when you show up, As your most magical unicorn self, you are shifting the view of the entire world for everyone through your actions, through your thoughts, through all of it, because we are essentially all connected. So the unicorn effect, when you are standing in it and being true to you and choosing love can literally save the entire world, save the entire universe. I like that. And you mentioned that you had previously had a podcast that is focusing on all of these things as well. And then you may have a 2.0, which I think the listeners definitely need to be looking out for. Is there anything else that you want to give advice to our listeners or anything like that? 
I'll leave you with a couple of my favorite quotes and sayings. So one of my all-time favorite quotes ever is by Ram Das, and it's, we're all just walking each other home. And I truly believe that like hand in hand, we are impacting one another's ability to get home, get to the final destination safely and whatever it may be. And I always end every single thing I write with, remember you are worth it. So often we forget our own worthiness or don't even know how to tap into it. But I'm here to tell you, you're worth it. You're worth the work. You're worth the investment in whatever that is. Like, say you're listening to this and you have diabetes and you've really been struggling to go for a walk and choose something healthy. You're worth it. You are worthy of feeling wonderful in your body. You are worthy of being happy. Life is not meant to be hard. Your job is not meant to be hard. If you're in a relationship, it is not meant to be hard. When you are truly Mm -hmm. in a place of love and peace and happiness and no longer in a state of fear, you will realize life is easy. Life is good. Life is happy. I like that. I use that phrase a lot too. You're worth it. Especially, you know, with my weight management clients that sometimes don't think that they are. And it's important to let them know that and let everybody know that. Mm -hmm. So where can everybody find you? Yeah. So follow me on Instagram at Ash underscore Abramson. My website's under construction. When it's back up, there will be a link on there as well. But follow me there. And as you shared, hopefully in the near future, I will be coming out with my podcast the Unicorn Effect podcast, hopefully 2.0. And it's really where we dive deep and and understand the difference between fear and love and how to get home safely. So now that we announced it, you have to do it. I'm going to hold you accountable. (laughs) All right. Thanks everybody for listening to the Get Healthy Tampa Bay podcast. I hope you will tune in next week. And if you're in Clearwater or Palm Harbor, uh, you need a primary care doctor, look us up. All the information will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to the Get Healthy Tampa Bay podcast sponsored by Clearwater Family Medicine and Allergy. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with your family and friends. We would also love it if you took the time to rate and review us on iTunes. See you next week.